Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. <laughs> I will do that, Bob. Stop no dying, more Chuck. dying, kids. Hi, Bob. And get the okay. right treatment, please. So... And last episode, you talked about people yeah. losing their sense of humor. We haven't. No, we haven't. I can laugh no, about goofy. dying. I wow. can laugh about <laughs> And Bobby has a new career. I do Bob, have a new career. Tell everybody about your new career. Well, I want to thank Aloe Treatment Centers for enabling me to have this career as a poet. I'm, I now consider myself a poet hmm. with a... Hmm. With a minor involvement in the recovery industry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that that must, actually puts... That's keeps the big the, money earner. Yeah, the, the money earner. The thing that keeps the lights on is aloe treatment You're minoring centers. in treatment and majoring in <laughs> Okay, poetry. here's my poem. In your it's mind. called Trees. It goes, Trees. 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 I'm amazed by trees. I love them. More than people, for sure. I look out my window at them, the glory, the stoicism, the dignity. I wish people were more like trees. Roots deeply planted in the reality of the soil. Arms outstretched to, the, to grasp the future of the sky. I love trees. I surround myself with them. They are my neighbors. They're much nicer than people. I do hug them. I know that's weird. But the older I get, the more I appreciate them. I climb them still, too, at my age, this age. One fell the other day, must have been 80 feet tall, came crashing down. The earth rumbled. Everything in its way came down, too. Power lines, gas lines, car roofs. They came and chopped them up and hauled them away, much like the people around here who die. Vans come, zip them up, and haul them away. Goodbye, old friend. There you go. Trees. Yay. Trees. Yeah, you got to snap that your fingers. That is beautiful, man. Trees, man. That is so, beautiful. So, but my minor is in chemical dependency. I am okay. A, let's just give our qualifications because I'm old. I was part of the ADP of the 90s. So I am a, <laughs> I am a, on my, well, the, there's a diploma from the school, which is a nursing school in Huntington Park. <laughs> That's where I went to school. Okay. And... And then the certification that I got from the state, which I, they no longer have. So I'm a California Certified Chemical Dependency Counselor. CD, CCDC is what it was called. Yeah, and I don't I think was, that exists. I was registered first with CADAC, C-A-D-A-C, which I think no longer exists. Maybe it exists in a different way. And then I... I'm, CCAP. I yeah. moved to another certifying board that was more welcoming and less expensive, and I had an argument and a fallout with the KDAC president of KDAC, who I thought, uh, you know, they kept raising the fees of KDAC, and here we're making $16 an hour. We used to make $20 an hour. Now we make $16 an hour, and they're raising work? our fees. This is what happened to chemical dependency counselors in the early 2000s. They were, our, our salaries were going lower. Our value in the team was lower, replaced mm -hmm. by MFTs, and our, our certifying board did nothing about it. And I got in an argument with the president, and... and, and at a conference or whatever. <laughs> you could me, fuck yourself. <laughs> me, I was much kinder than that, Chuck, <laughs> by the way. So. This is, That's not what your face was saying. This is you back in my... There. No, this is... You got to understand, I was trying to prove myself. This is my tie-wearing, coat-wearing, haircut short, 
nice. glasses, sophisticated clinical director mm. era of Bob. So I sat there and I said, I you hated know, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I didn't like him either, and I didn't even meet him, and I don't yeah. think I like him. So, so I forget her name. I think her name was Janine or something. And I said, listen, what are you doing for us? You keep raising the fees. You keep raising the the amount we have to pay every two years. Our salaries are going down. My staff are demoralized because they don't matter anymore. We don't we don't serve a purpose to the chart. Sooner or later, they're just going to get rid of us completely. I said that. That was before I became the we. Oh, I, yeah, beca- yeah, yeah. I became the they. You jumped into but that one percent. I was a line, yeah. I was a line person, and I could see the marginalization of counselors. Right. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it's coming back now because counselors are cheaper than MFTs. I should have seen that coming. If I was smarter, I would have seen that coming. Ebb and flow. Bobby. So they wanted Ebb to get rid flow. of. They wanted to get rid of psychologists. They replaced them with MFTs who were cheaper. Right. They wanted to to and the MFTs took over everything. And margin and push the Kdax out of the way, and the and the powers that be, the owner operators like myself now, were were saying, hey, why do we need these Kdax guys? We got these MFT guys; they're great. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Majority of them aren't addicts. They're not involved with twelve steps. How can you fucking work in an absence-based <laughs> rehab and you don't even know what that is? You know what it sounded like to me? It sounded like, we've got this keyboard that does a really cool guitar sound. <laughs> yeah. Who needs guitar players anymore? Yeah, we'll just get this one like. guy to play all these keyboards. That's exactly what it was like. It was Trevor Horn. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? No, the keyboards are cool, but the guitar is kind of no, necessary. See, that went right yeah, at my... out the middle, man. Wait, that shows you a generation of musicians. The Trevor Horn reference went right over your head, didn't no it? No idea who Trevor Horn Okay, was. so Mike knew. Trevor Horn was a producer keyboard player who, who really came along in the 80s and said, why do you need guitar players? Why do you need drummers? Why do you need anything? Like Jan And Hammer? he took over. He was the producer of Yes, lo- owner uh, of a lonely heart. That's all Trevor Horn. He turned all that great music into keyboard schlock. Yeah, and he was Phil Collins' guy, I think. Let's look up Trevor Horn, Mike, if you can. But he was the one who tried to replace guitar players with a keyboard sample. No, I, I remember because I had a guy. We, I was in a band and we were doing all this stuff with my buddy Eric that passed last year. And I got a Zoom multi effect rack mount thing. And I go, Listen, Eric, we don't even need a keyboard player anymore. And he goes, That's what Chris said about his new rack mount for his keyboard. He goes, We don't need a guitar player anymore. Oh my we, God. We were willing to X each other out. Trevor Horn discography. He was a producer. He was originally a bass player, and then he just became a sample guy. Well, that's because English bass, dude, bass players aren't. Oh, really he was in the I Buggles. He one. was one of the Buggles. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. where he started off in the Buggles. And well, then, then if he played bass in the bug in the Buggles, then he sang too. Yeah, he did radio. Video killed the radio. That star. was a yeah, great song. Yeah, but then he did yes, Art of Noise, Trevor Horn band, and produced Seal, Phil Collins. So, so I know who Trevor Horn is. Then he's he's, he's a guy he's who glasses. said we don't need a band, we just need a sampler. That's right. All right. right? Well, what happened Single to Chemical Dependency was we don't need. Around. Well, hold on though, Mike. We don't need sober people. We got MFTs. They're experts in relationships, Mike. <laughs> luckily, luckily, yeah, luckily there's enough of them around that have actually been through it. 
Well, I now, mean, this is 10 years. Hey, right. you know what, man? Do you think AI is going to invent, like, people to deal with drug addicts? and Well, people rehab? always, about once like a year. artificial intelligence? About once a year. I just met with a CBD company today. But everybody wants to meet with me. Nobody really wants to do anything. They just like talking, right? But about once a year, <laughs> not, not an IT people, but digital space people want to meet with me to figure out how to digital, digitize, digitize rehab. Can we can, can we get so it in, in the true. digital realm? Yeah, they want like like uh, you would respond oh, like shit. like an addict would say, "Hey, Bob, I'm thinking of using in a digital response that I had planned out years ago with uh, you know with Tom uh, with Thomas Dolby." Hey man, hey man, you don't want to do that. All you need to do is get to sleep, bro. <laughs> and, then, and then they would stay sober that night. Is Somebody's it, always <laughs> trying to figure out how to get rid of human beings and create sobriety in a digital space. And I met with like. Like four wow, that of them. is fucking weird, man. I sometimes believe it because because I that's what I do. How many like, times do we say the same thing though? Yeah, you see, and, mean, and how many times nowadays in the last ten years are you texting it? You're not even talking it. Yeah, they're not. So even So what would be the difference if artificial intelligence just copied the way Bob sends texts and said, "Hey, man, you don't want to do that." Just yeah. chill out. Hey, you know what sleep. they could do? They could make it a, like a little box or something that you carry around. So when your addicts ask you the same question over and over, you could just pull the box out and push the button. Well, that's called a phone, Mike. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like... And then it makes a, it makes the a fart sound. With the, <laughs> oh, yeah. With the, with no, the response. No. With the response. Well, no. Then there is a guy. You're right. Two years ago, a guy came to me and wanted to video all my Bobisms and have them in this digital space where people like, could like access... Like a magic gate ball yeah, sort like, of thing? So you would type in like, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling depressed and lonely. And then you'd watch a video of me saying, you're feeling depressed and lonely? God damn it. <laughs> Go down to Starbucks and plug your Wi-Fi in. Hey, you're <laughs> sober today. You're it's sober a good today. Day. Go down to the strip joint. God Time damn for it. you to make your bed. Don't drink, buddy. Don't drink. <laughs> Take care of yourself. That's a wonderful so, idea. So anyways, but getting back to the real thing of what happened was KDAX were marginalized. We were disempowered, and I felt, and I, I watched it happen, and so... I'm a California certified chemical dependency counselor who was who worked under three different certifying boards. In the end, I was Katie. You know what that is? Yeah, I'm also on Katie. Is Katie still exists? Yeah. Okay, so now what I wanted to, uh, now that all the money is going away from rehab and only the good actors will stay in it, which I'm staying in it, Evan and Jared are staying in it, Paul's staying in it, Warren and you are staying in it, we're in it. Mm-hmm. All the doctors, sa- sovereign healthcare, they're going to be fucking gone. Trust me, Michael Cartwright be fucking gone on his Learjet. All the people who profited off of death and destruction and addiction for the last 10 years will be gone, and it will be back to the way that it was. I'm excited about the future of chemical dependency. I'm not excited about the economics of it. <laughs> no, you know, I, I've spent... Well, the fact that they're all going to be stupefied on, on Suboxone. Well, well I, I've spent the last, like, three weeks... Um, re-upping my ceus because i, I need oh yeah you gotta go online CEUs you're way behind every, every Chuck. Two, no, you're no, way no. behind I'm, I'm due august 24th which is funny that's in it's, like 25 it, days yeah but i'm done i'm done right now. i know but a month ago you had two years to do that shit yeah but it's not fun and i don't like it and so i'm doing all that and i'm going this is why i've never tried to go further in education is because it's just the idea of reading something and then it 
regurgitating that information or being able to pull it up, my brain doesn't file that well. So I, I, the way you remember stories, I'll remember shit when I leave here, and I'll go, man, I should have said that. I always should have said that. Right. Like I had something to say there. But it's just like, so I've been doing all that, and I'm with, uh, with Katie, with, with CC, CCAP, and with CADTP, uh, three different... Uh, that's a lot of initials right isn't now. it a lot it's a lot of, it's, it's, <laughs> mike you gotta catch on mike just boggled my fucking mind mike's only now versed in mat so don't throw uh, so no, many no, more no, letters no, at him no, yeah that was a lot but but the idea the idea is to see katie lost its licensure i know for a period now when they came back online i had to re-register with them and in the meantime i went so kdax still exists what power do they I think, have? I think it, what power it, it's do they absorbed have? by CCAP, CCAP. Okay. So anyways, these are all the certifying boards for chemical dependency counselors. Those are the people that traditionally for 50 years in rehabs in Hazelden and Betty Ford and Cry Help and Impact, all the great treatment centers, Exodus, um, Los Encinas Hospital, that's who dealt with drug addicts. And it shifted and changed about 20 years, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And it's going to shift back. It's going to be a bumpy couple of years, right? And mm -hmm. I don't know, because we've all become so wimpy and giving in to the addicts just because you had to compete with the, all the scumbags of the world that promised the star and the sun and the moons and you don't have to go to group and you're going to get free Cracker Jacks and a free yeah. prize and all this where, kind of where's stuff. Where's the house? Yeah, where, where, where's the house at? Do you have a chef? Do you have a, I think the chefs are going to be a thing of the past in rehab. Chefs are going to be a thing of the past, and you know, paying rent is is a. How game. many nights of the week you're going to serve salmon? Yeah, salmon. <laughs> no, it, 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 there are some things that are going to be huge game changers, and I like it. I'm excited about I it. I think it's going to. I think more good. people will get sober. Now, here's the thing that's come up about this MAT about Suboxone and all that. So I met with doctors the last couple weeks. So. There's no question in my mind that, I, you know, I have a, you know, because all of us have like, a, I have like a thousand addicts orbiting around me, right? You do too, right? There are people I know from the community. There are people I treated 10, 15 years ago. They're old friends, old girlfriends, friends of friends. They're just all these addicts orbiting around me. And I started seeing this, this real trend of, Old junkies who were sober a long time in the 90s and 2000s, and now they were on Suboxone or meth or drinking or whatever, and now they're on, now they're a mess, and they're in their mid-50s or mid-40s to mid-50s. Those people who have jobs, who have careers, who may not have marriages, right? Because mm -hmm. I think that we're looking at the corrosion of a person's life, the erosion of a person's life. So usually you'll hold on to your job, but you're not going to be able to hold on to your personal relationships. So, and then what comes with that? Depression. What comes with that? Polysubstance abuse. What comes with that? Staying away from the bad drug heroin. So very mm. few of them are on heroin, but a lot of them are mixing Suboxone and Clonopin and, and the meth. Meth is back in a meth, big meth, way. I don't know how it became fashionable. I don't it's know. Such an People ugly forget thing. what a hey, kid man. I loved meth. <laughs> is there a drug you didn't like, Mike? You know, my dad used to <laughs> shoot meth. My dad used to shoot meth and heroin. You know, as a speedball. That's that was his speedball. Yeah, poor man's speedball. Yeah, exactly. That that was his deal, man. Well, and I and I get it, and it, it is it is one of those things. Who I was talking to somebody the other day. Oh, it, and his kid was there, and I uh, we were talking about and how much 
I liked drugs. And he goes, well, 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 why speed? And I go, man, once you do it, you get it. I it's think just they're like, using it for motivation. But you, Well, it has a lot of... It, the problem is that it promises just like everything else. If it stayed the way it first presents itself, it's, it's, it would be fantastic. I'd still be on it. If, if the first time you did speed, it felt like it did after six months of doing it, We'd never, we'd never develop. Well, habits. that's every drug, though. But, I know, but but, that, it's, but it let's get back great. to this. So there is that population of mid forties to say early sixties. I don't, I don't think it's even a question. If if Suboxone will stabilize those people and give them a year of whatever you want to call it. There's another thing of calling it sobriety. We have to come up with what we're going to call it. Stabilization. Um, but I think sobriety is old-fashioned, and no kids don't like it anyways. I mean... Yeah, and that's I, a problem, because then when they go to get, like, a chip or something, they're, they they're into those, their media, and they say you can't take because you got them some boxing. You're not really clean. Yeah, that's just a lack that's of... Bullshit. That's more stupid. Well, they go to another meeting. Uh, that's it's more stupid stuff. But 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 um, here's an interesting thing. How do you know... And this always... Maybe I'm just a freak, and I always... Yeah. How do you know... That people are telling the truth. Because I know... No, but wait one second. In every other part of society, I'm always trying to figure out whether people are telling the truth. The CBD guy today, I don't know if he's telling the truth. I don't know what the deal is. I'm trying to measure it. I'm trying to make sense. You know, the multiple layers of the way you think when you're just meeting a new person and they're giving you their spiel and whatever, and you're assessing and you're dancing with somebody trying to figure out if they're telling the truth. Then you hear about that person from other people. You get more information Oh, that guy's full of shit. Oh, that guy's great. I love that guy. Da da da. And you're measuring, measuring, measuring. But yet, when somebody goes up and takes a ten-year cake, we never think like, are they really ten years sober? No one ever questions it. I constantly question it, constantly, because yeah. because some of my mentors were not sober; they were lying. Okay, well, what do you what do you think about this? And I because I told the guy I have you, no opinion. You on have it. a lot of friends that I don't know whether they've been sober that whole uh, time. You know, and, and it's not about it's the thing is. That so why is it important whether it, a newcomer gets a chip and is on Suboxone? It's not because I'm not sure the 25 year old people, sober people in your Costa Mesa NA clubhouse are really 25 you, you years know, sober. You you damn well know that. I mean, I was talking to some old timers. When I was new again this time, so 20 some years, well, around 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, I'm talking to them and they go, oh, yeah, people get caught up about medications now, but in the 70s, everybody had a Valium. They all had a Valium deficiency. All of them. They got sober, they got on Valium. It God, was an all day who long said every that? day. Because that's a fact. That's a fact at the Laguna Beach. Uh, his, name, his name is Noel. And Noel, Noel was talking about it. And it was just like one of those things where he goes, you know, they, they talk about, oh, you can't be on this SSRI or you can't be on this. But he goes, everybody was loaded. That's why you're drinking coffee because you're taking Valium in the morning, Valium at noon, <laughs> Valium at night. And you're drinking coffee no to stay awake. Yes, Mike. And, it's and, true. And because it came. That's why you're drinking coffee. <laughs> so You know how I know it? Because I've counseled those people's children. Well, I believe okay. I believe that they were on like psychotropics, which weren't really no. A big they were on Valium. It was they were on Valium. A, but a, what about if they had lithium or they had like mental problems and they went to the doctor? No, and they got these it other was, things like um, Mike. Like trust me. Like trust me. There are certain people that you can talk to that will tell you half of the Beverly Hills sober people from the '80s were not sober. They were on Valium. So my my biggest male mentor in the world was not sober. Neither was his wife. Right? 
But that doesn't mean he's not a great message of hope. It doesn't mean he's not an amazing guy. This focus, this hyper-focus on on drugs, the big book doesn't, the, the NA text talks about drugs a little bit. The big book doesn't talk about alcohol or drugs in any way. It talks about a spiritual malady. Mm. That's what's wrong with people. And, and you can see it a symptom of it when they're so hyper-focused on other people because that's called projective identification. So when any old-timer at one of these asshole clubhouses tells a kid who's, who's proud that he hasn't taken heroin in 30 days, though he's on Suboxone, that he's not sober, fuck him. That's what I say, too. There you fuck go. him. That's what right. I say. And don't listen to him. And I, I, I just like, what does Stand it matter? Up and take your fucking chair. I, I, and I've said it to many of them. I stopped these arguments a long time ago because I'm trying to have peace in my life. But the fact was, <laughs> the fact was, I would confront those people yeah. and say, dude, how do we know you're sober? I would say it out loud. Right. In the meeting. Who fucking knows whether you're sober or not? Shut up. I've awakened the beast. Right? Right. But, but nobody, you question everything about the society, whether people are telling the truth or not, even including your own marriage or whether your wife cheated on you or not. But when it, no. comes, when it comes to somebody in an AA meeting saying they're 20 years sober, it's without question. Yeah. Absolutely. It usually goes Even under though the usually everywhere else in the society you suspect lying and misrepresentation, right. when some asshole says they're 20 years sober, you totally believe it. Right. Well, Why is that, Chuck? Because you know, for me, it's because it's none of my business. Either they are, or they aren't. Either they're either they're happy and they're living better, or they're not. But it, it goes back to that thing: is is their life better than what it was when they were doing what they were doing before? I don't know that. Let me well, let's go and into. So you can tell when a person's really high. You know, I mean, you can. Uh, that, yeah, but who not, cares? It's evident. Yeah, but who cares? You can't tell when people are high. Really, you Sometimes. you can tell when they're really high. You can tell when kids are stupid. You can tell when they're high. But adults, <laughs> go again. adults, you just use the S. Word, Listen, can you go back and beep that? I'll be honest with you, Mike Martin. You met Buddy Arnold. Did you know he was loaded? I no, did not. no, you didn't, and neither did Susie, and neither did anybody else. No. Right? So that idea, yeah, dumb. I know Gloria had dumb. To take, yeah, take morphine in the end. In she the was end. sober up until the end, All and by that, end. by by that, bad. like who? Did, yeah, that's funny. The but dude, now was Buddy just uh, taking Valium? Or? Yeah, Valium and opiates. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he detox them for a couple times and but but your both of your aa brains are saying wow that's not good da, 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 da. because you've been brainwashed to believe something that might not be true and it's too shocking to you to uh, think I, I, that human beings are human beings no i can tell you what is shocking to me is that the emphasis is put on collecting the collective years and on the uh, that it's on the time and not the life that the people are living like your friend a life worth living, a life of giving back, a happy, productive, full life. It doesn't matter. That's what's vital. Not not how many years you stacked on top of each other. But go tell that to the Alana Club in Costa Rica. Oh, that's why I don't spend a lot of time with you. I don't talk to the Alana Club heroes because they do. The, I, I talk to new people all the time about this because I say, when you walk in and there's a guy beating his chest in the back of the room telling you how he's there every day, run. Because that's, that's not where you want to end up. I think those guys do more to get people loaded than... So, and you know, but the you know that that old there was a twist on the old saying of would you rather be right or be happy? The the new twist that I've heard on it recently was would you rather be right or effective? And I'd rather be effective with people that are fighting this life threatening I like disease. That. So you got to understand, 
rehabs, hundreds of thousands of clients get sent to 12-step meetings every year in the United States. And if the 12-step community doesn't raise its game a little bit, they will not stay. And if they don't stay, AA and NA will die. Right. There's no doubt in my mind. The, and the 12-steppers don't seem to recognize the crisis they're under, right? I mean, the best example is I spoke at the oldest AA meeting in Los Angeles. There were, there used to be like 500 people in that room. There were about 80 or 90. Two of them were vans from sober livings. If hundreds of thousands of people have been sent to the 12-step community by the courts, by the rehabs, by the, by the child services, by the EAPs of every union, by hundreds of thousands of people every year sent to it. How come it hasn't grown excrement? You know, it, just, it has grown excrementally. How come it hasn't grown? I think it's right. fallen out of popularity. I and why, totally though? Why do... did it fall out of popularity? Well, I That's... think it totally has to do with, like, celebrity. You know, celebrities that either do it or don't do it. I mean, all these people like you were talking about in the last episode that are just focused on money and they're Small. Not- the society believes that greed is good. The society believes that money, property, and prestige are everything. AA is the antithesis of that, saying money and property and prestige don't matter. You are just yeah. a human being here. That doesn't jibe with the society. Right, right. Yeah, right. see, so it's going through a phase of that. It's already out of step. It's, it's already it's, out of step. So they walk in and they're hearing the the opposite of what if you if you said at the beginning of the AA meeting, our goal here is to get you famous. You'd probably get a oh lot my more God. people. <laughs> We're gonna well, get you. you one, yeah, that's a good one. We're you gonna just, get hey, you YouTube followers. Just make that the first step. Yeah. Hey, did you notice? And I hate to go back in time, but it is the same day we're doing the podcast. Did you notice? <laughs> did you notice in the Gilroy shooter how many followers he had? Three. Who? Three. The Gilroy shooter. Oh, he had three, he had three followers. Uh, the kid is living in this narcissistic fantasy of who he is, and he has three followers. And, and he probably the guy that helped him cut the fence, <laughs> and his mom, and his mom, and he's uh, posting all all this racist shit. <laughs> you know, and that's partly that's a thing which I didn't say in the last episode. But that's partly a thing of you know we glorify that and we put it on the news. I, I think it's less, it's like getting less glorified. Well, I mean, it's just starting to wear away on all of us, right? So, yep. so yeah, exactly right. it's not an anomaly anymore. It happens all the time. I don't know what the solution is, but I do know what causes it. I think. And that is a society that doesn't listen to one another, that doesn't appreciate when you, when you, I'll give you the example. Like in my family, I had three sisters and myself, right? Four people. It was obvious that my sister Susan's kind of an introvert. She's kind of not very good with people. She's kind of awkward. I was obviously a people person and an entertainer and all this kind of stuff. My sister Jane was like a bookworm, do everything right. And my sister Nancy was beautiful and attention seeking and everybody, you know, loved her and gravitated towards her, right? So you have four distinct kind of personalities that everyone accepted. We didn't try to say, oh, you all are great. You're all the same. You're all wonderful. You're all a prize. We each individually had strengths and weaknesses, and our parents understood that. It was in the open about it. We understood it. And, you know, and it sometimes was 
was blatant. But now we're a society that just ignores the differences. And if if they're if they come up, you just smack them down. There's no difference. Everyone's the same. Yeah. Everyone is unique and different. And they have different makeups. And why do we not recognize that? Right? Everybody and and it, there's just a uniformity like a Walmart in implant that you know that everybody has to be the same and we're all wonderful and we're all great and i think millennials come out in the world and everybody goes dude you're not all that and they're just shocked because they've been told their whole lives that they're equal they're great they're fantastic they, they have no shortcomings they have no shortcomings right. nothing they need to work on right i was told from a very early age bobby you need to button it button it but <laughs> obviously I didn't take to that very yes button it lock and, it up and throw away the key yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're on to something you know? no that was true because I, I would do it, your kids that. I yeah. would lock my lips shut and then open my mouth to swallow the key to show them that I wasn't well able to fast open forward it. that was when I was like 8, 9, 10, 11 years old fast forward to 1998, 99 we're sitting at our old man breakfast we call it and uh, uh, two of the guys are going on a silent retreat, a, a meditation Buddhist five-day silent retreat. And everybody's like, Bob couldn't do that. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I can't. You know what I mean? I took it as a challenge. So me and, and a couple friends went to this silent retreat, right? And I, you know, I was a kind of a follower of Buddhism at the time. I was certainly into transcendental meditation. I wasn't into... So the, you were Buddhist the, curious. Yeah, Buddh I was Buddhist curious. There you go. I was bi-religious. Bi, bi Bi-Buddhist. <laughs> I was agnostic Boo and Buddhist. <laughs> I was agnostic and uh, Buddhist curious with a deep guilt uh, Catholicism. All right. So I had a smorgasbord. So we go to the silent <laughs> retreat, and the, my only focus is not to become enlightened, not to learn anything, not to meditate, not to be peaceful, just to be silent for four fucking days. And okay, right. And it's like I, that Twilight and Zone so, the guy goes in the... And so it goes on, and the first night, I'm roommates with one of the guys, right? And you have to go to the bathroom, you have to work, walk with mindfulness to the bathroom. Very takes a long time to walk to the bathroom in like this dormitory setting. So you have to hold your hands together, you have to feel your feet on the ground, Chuck, and you have to take one step at a time and feel it. And so I walk to the bathroom, I pee, it's quite a ways away. It was kind of like a derm, dorm, like a college dorm. So I had to go pee. Oh. I come back, and it's really dark in the room, so I turn the light on. My roommate flips over in his, be in his bed and goes, what the fuck? And I went, <laughs> oh, my God. And I didn't say, oh, my God. I just pointed at him with my mouth shut, buttoned. Yeah. Right? And he went like this. Oop. Right? So he was out right on date night one. <laughs> night one, he had talked. So you get kicked out? No, but you just blew the... <laughs> no, it's the blew it. Bob's it's the still standing. The it's idea a, is... It's a competition of silence. Oh God. So, so day, the next day goes... Like, these are the longest days, from 5.30 in the morning till like 9, what nine at night. were the real Buddhists thinking of you guys? <laughs> Glad they got the 1500 bucks. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what it costs. That, that planted their vegetables for racket. the next year. That, holds, yeah. that whole West Side spiritual shit's a racket really right hmm. well it's mostly and what are the odds that yeah, santa monica <laughs> venice malibu hollywood hills west hollywood that's where they market hmm. anyways um so yeah no people of color there actually 
you know, and I'll, <laughs> I'm not trying to be racist. It was mostly white Ugg boot and Sino maybe, Santa Monica. Maybe. No fags. Oh Whoa, my God, Mike! No. men. <laughs> Don't <laughs> get back to the <laughs> thing. Okay, so you can't hug at a retreat. There's no sex either. No talking. No sex. No, I don't know what else. No. Okay, what wait. You pay all that money for that. Then what happened after? What the fuck are you doing? And then you said no, no. And then, and then well, he was out, and I would look at him as we're meditating, like, you know, what a loser. I've won. What a fucking so, loser. I mean, isn't that a little bit so like Dave, paying for nothing? Like, yeah, like, yeah, you're paying for nothing. You're paying for nothing. But you get a lot of ego gratification, false ego gratification. Oh, yeah, and you get so, to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, so, so the third morning, we have to be at 5.30 in the morning meditating in the main room, like 100 people on these mats for an hour, just sitting in silence, right? But they're not talking, so there's no morning breath. There's no, there's no, oh, none of that. No, no words. So I'm sitting there and I notice, you know, our third friend is not in the room, right? And, and um, so after the first morning meditation, I walked to his room with mindfulness. I opened the door. He was in bed. I went like this. And I'm signaling. I got my hands held together like a Buddhist guy. And I'm signaling, come on, we got to go meditate the second round right now. And he said, I'm done. And I went, I pointed <laughs> out. And he was going to go home. And he huh. said, I'm done. And he rolled back over in his bed. It really is a freaky thing. Think about it. You're meditating five hours a day, five times a day. You have to eat with mindfulness. It's like it takes you an hour to eat because you're supposed to. I, I just Wait, mimic. I, I want to get that right because you said five hours a day, five times a day. So an hour? An hour of meditation five times okay. a day. Then eating with mindfulness three times a day. That takes three hours. And then there's, you know, just walking around pooping, with mindfulness pooping and pooping. With mind, <laughs> pooping my, right. So, so I'm now the king. I'm just waiting for the glory of when we get back to the old man breakfast. And you're going to... I'm just gliding. Through, yep. through night three and day four, I'm just gliding. Like, like on a slip and slide. Like nice. I've won. All I have to do is not say a word for 36 more hours and I've won. And I did, and it felt empty. Because Aww. both of them disregarded what they said. It wasn't like I was talking. It was you, you forced it, right? Oh, yeah, you brought it out in them. Yeah, I brought it out of them. You so, them. So anyways, that, that type of, of uh, challenge, I, I, you know, it goes back to my childhood. My mom used to say, Bobby, button it. Then here it is, my friends 20 years later saying, you can stay silent for fucking four days. No way. And I did it just to prove I could do it, right? So, so there's these individual kind of, the way the individual was met by the family system and by the society, mm -hmm. there was a great appreciation for the unique set of, of conditions and circumstances that the person was. And then people gave them feedback. You know what? You should listen more, not talk so much right mm -hmm. now that's offensive you can't say that to people it might hurt their feelings but what i'm happy about and that's that's trickled into the rehab world right you know it has yeah it has for just for social norms and for profit so you don't kick people out though they're disrespectful and use and all that kind of stuff you don't kick them out right because you know, you're codependent with them. It's not, you don't want to be thought of as a bad person or a mean person. You and you bad, want you to get, get their Yelp. money. You, you get, get a bad Yelp, Yelp review. Yeah. Right. So, so 
Now that's going to all go away. As the money dries up, it's going to go back to telling the truth, I hope. Right? Do you understand what yeah. I'm saying? No, I, I... And so what I'm saying to parents at home, prepare your children. We're going to tell them the truth. 2016 rehab is not what 2020 rehab is going to be like. It's going to go back to the basics. It's going to be more honest. It's going to be more helpful, I believe, more useful, and less about feelings are the most important thing in existence. I think it's be like feelings aren't facts. Remember that term that I was do. used? I do. Where did that term go? Feelings it, aren't facts. You hear that around the rehab lately, well, Chuck? It's a fact, and facts are cold, and feelings are important, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've missed the boat. You're still standing on the shore, and we're out sailing on the feeling ocean. <laughs> the feeling we're, ocean. we're on the ocean of feelings. So, so uh, anyway, so why I, I, I try to talk about this stuff? Because I think it really is the issue. I think the society has gotten sicker, and it plays into the addict mentality personality of manipulation and bullshit upon bullshit upon lies upon bullshit right i i never liked the term but i definitely understood what the term meant i had a sponsor in richmond virginia and he would say i don't know i'm a liar i just i just sometimes i just open my mouth and a lie fly out before i can stop it <laughs> he's the old black dude he was so cool and he i you know and i I knew that I did that, but I didn't like the brutal honesty of it because it forced me to say, yeah, sometimes I just lie for no reason. See, that would hurt somebody in treatment's feelings to make them admit that truth, that they lie for no reason, right? And I, and I, I think talking about lying helps with new people. So, so when the kid is hurt, their feelings are hurt because they thought they were getting a 30-day chip for not using heroin and they were proud of themselves for not using heroin though they're on low dose four milligrams of suboxone or whatever and the old timer says you ain't sober you don't get a chip i can say to them like listen people lie all the time how do you know that old dude's sober right they fucking lie all the time you know, it, you're telling the truth which is so important in society so to be applauded yeah, applaud to applaud be applauded exactly. in our society just as a as a as a citizen and as a member of the 12-step world you're telling the truth about yourself that guy is probably who not knows? who you knows you don't what know if doing. he is at least you know you're being up front and that's that's true it, it's it you know and that's it's it's huge. I th I'm really. I, that's why I'm renewing my licenses because I'm I'm hoping that I'm excited about good the future happening. But I mean, if things continue to keep going, I mean, we've discussed this where it's just like you know I, I'm ready to jump the carousel if things aren't if things aren't going to get different, which I I know they are because I, I'm able to say things that probably weren't even cool five or six years ago where I can go like I have a I have a big badass guy who who watches this girl throw her tant tantrums, but she's she's a borderline, right? right. Where, well, she's been diagnosed with the borderline di personality disorder. She's not, doesn't define her. Anyway, neither here nor there. He goes, I'm just going to throw a fit like she does, and that way I'll be able to get what I want. And I said, really? You're going to act like that little girl? A big tough guy like you it won't work like a little girl it, but but he but, but, but there's just something even more great <laughs> it won't work the reaction to him behaving that way will be different than the reaction to her behaving that way that's that's that happens all the time at aloe whereas you have two different people behaving exactly the same way and you have two different reactions uh clinically to that 
and addicts and love when you're inconsistent. They see yeah. inconsistency How there. How come she got... How come she... Because she's, she's 20 years old and you're she, 40 she, years old. She's 19. She's, yeah. She's scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, got a, she's got a diagnosis or two that she's dealing yeah, with. Yeah, I don't she get has, too much into that. But, but I mean, it just I know that in my head and that's why I can say, because she's not you and you're not her. Yes. That is way more valuable. That's the way the world is. And that's what they hear because that's about how long they listen. You know? Well, even or you can the put it in the world doesn't like you and it's fucking you yet again. Right, right. <laughs> you can be really honest. There you go. You know what? It's just you getting fucked again for no apparent well, wait, reason. Uh, I get even more brutal. She's rich and you're poor. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> she has you know, you don't get it. You don't get the rich people get to behave differently in our society. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Watch the news. Wow, man, that's so wrong. <laughs> But it's truthful. Like, uh, you know, the best example, I always love giving this example. So because he's passed, I can talk about him. So when he's on his first trial, he's having some problems and he's going to come. Did he die in jail? Oh, he's still alive, but he's in jail. Okay. Oh, okay. Maybe I can't talk about it. Oh, that's a a great movie. Oh, talk about it. Oh, okay. What's he going to do from jail? Sue me. (laughs) So, so Uh, he, he was a great example. That first trial he had millions of dollars. He spent millions of dollars, got a hung jury. Second trial, he didn't have millions of dollars. He spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, lost, he's in prison. The, uh, Pete, Pete Case wrote the greatest song called Million Dollar Bail. You ever heard that song, Mike Mart? Yeah. That's, about, that's the best example. Like People need to uh, uh, believe their eyes, believe what they see. Don't believe what people say right mm-hmm. so the eyes tell you that if you've got enough money in the society justice really is not blind right if you're poor and and your skin is a different color justice is blind and you go to prison for life right i, I don't think poor has a color <laughs> <laughs> i think poor is just is just a, no, it's, but it's why, a bad card why to people pull. say or and if why, you have a regular job and you don't own a billion dollar company you have to pay taxes and the billion dollar company does not they do not have to so everybody knows these truths and i think they should be introduced to, to, to dialogue and if you want to because unless you know the society you can't change it Right, so that's why we're arguing about stuff that doesn't matter, what word I use to mm-hmm. describe something or someone, right? You can argue about shit that doesn't matter on the internet instead of about the big fundamentals, which I'm talking about, military, economic, uh, 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 economic um, empowerment of, of people, right? So the best example is in, in the Justice Department. I think the... Uh, the prison population is 33% black and the population is 16% black. Why is that? There it is. Because of poverty, not because of race, I don't think. I think it's because of poverty. Yeah, pro- probably it's got a lot to do with environment. And when you don't, when there's not money around to be had, well, you're going to you, find a way to make money. I can give you three people I worked with who were, well, two people I worked with and one that we all know who were black, who were on trial for murder. They all got off. Snoop Dogg, Suge Knight, O.J. Simpson. What, what do those three people have in common that the other three black men on trial for murder <laughs> those years didn't? Money. Yeah. Ability to buy great lawyers and great defense and, and, and invest all the money in what it takes to, to get a hung jury or get an acquittal. Everybody forgets, like, because Snoop Dogg smokes weed and everybody loves him now. He was on trial for murder. I, I remember. How come people forget that? He wrote a song about it. Did he? I thought he said that. The, the case was murder or the charge was murder. I could have swore. I'm not a big... 
No, it's that's him. You're right. Right. So not that I don't love him. I don't know whether he did or not. You know, and all these kind of murders. Here's an interesting thing. With the, I went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, don't tell I, me how it went. I won't. I, I, I want to see it. I loved it. I loved really? it. I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in five years. But anyways, and then I got a bunch of criticism on uh, social media. I was really <laughs> disappointed. Nah, 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 nah. Well, fuck you. I, I okay. loved it. I loved don't it. Don't show up just to be a dick. Don't show up to be Why negative. Why do people do that? When the I, internet, I, that's all it is. I'm used to it, though, from, from whenever I was a little kid. Being a Kiss fan taught you that people are going to tell you how much they hate Kiss. Oh, Rush too! I was a Rush fan. So, I mean, so it's people like, hate Rush. People would walk by and go, "Kiss sucks." Right. I don't even know them, and I don't even care whether you like them or not. I but never walked by somebody. But at least it was a somebody. human thing. At least it was human. <laughs> but I, that's what I was saying. No, it's people used to thing. yell they at just, me. They think their opinion is the most important thing. In no, the but it takes balls to walk up to me in Marina High School and say, Devo, Devo, Devo. <laughs> they would say it to me when I was at my locker, like a negative. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, Devo's awesome. You ever heard him? And I'd walk away. Right? That's how you learn about yeah. how to interact with people. <laughs> yeah. Right, you Devo learn, is awesome. You learn no big deal. You learn within two years. All those guys that did that to me were huge Devo fans. I wouldn't be by surprised. the way, but but um, on the internet. So so once upon a time in Hollywood. So Chrissy and I are coming home, and I said, you know, it's so weird that Manson was convicted of murder, and yet he didn't touch anybody. It's so weird, mm-hmm. like. And people people don't seem to know that. I don't know how they. Don't I don't know, know how they don't know that. He might have murdered Gary Hinman. He orchestrated. Right? He but that's might not what have he was charged Gary. for. Yeah, he was charged for the LaBianca and Tate yeah. murders. He didn't. He wasn't there. No. That's that's to me is really strange. Most of these random shooters are kind of dumb and ignorant or whatever. Like an Iranian guy who's a white supremacist. I just like I will never get over that. I know it's so close to the tragedy and I'm so sorry and I certainly think about that little boy, right? You can think you can have compassion in your heart for that little six year old boy and still think how crazy it is that it's an Iranian white supremacist. White yeah. supremacist, right? Right, that's, you can have two ideas we, at we, once we about have, something. We have we have light and dark. We have we do. I do believe that. I do believe that. Even though I mean, it, in our darkest times, is where you know you find inspiration in other things. And my my head goes to inappropriate humor to try right. and balance out the darkness. So I'll I'll come back with an amazing. I, I know it, it's just funny when I say it, but I mean, th- literally, imagine how ignorant a person needs to be to be an Iranian white supremacist. Well, you saw the Dave Chappelle when he was the black racist, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's what popped in my head right away. Is he's probably like, oh, I hate them. So, so anyway, and Black Klansman, don't forget. Oh, see, I so, saw that. I don't, that wasn't as good as so, Dave Chappelle. As Dave Chappelle. <laughs> so so that, uh, this idea I was thinking about, there's a lot of ignorance with these continued, uh, these shooters. Like the one in San Bernardino was r- ruled by this woman that he met on the internet and married and he seemed like a dumb guy. And then even dumber is his neighbor who's not even, has no opinion about Islam or the Middle East or uh, any of that stuff. He's just a guy that lives next door gets the guns for him. Hey, I've got a good idea. <laughs> Did you remember Why that? Why's he got to talk like remember that? Why that? Don't he... Remember yeah, the guy? didn't he? He lived next door. He got them the guns. He's in prison for life. They're dead, and he's uh. in prison for life. So anyways, so there's just an ignorance on these kind of mass shooting levels. 
But there was, there is, and I said, one of the only serial killers that, that was really intelligent was Ted Bundy. Like, what was up with him was, was crazy. Like, who, who that guy was. It was like uh, some psycho sexual. The Unabomber was incredibly smart. He was a hell of an escape artist, too, though. He got right, out of Right, Ted Bundy. So, so, but for the most part, these mass killers are kind of dumb, Right. Mm-hmm. The the guy that Texas Chainsaw Massacre is after, like, you know, it was just out in the middle of nowhere. They just I mean, kept Ed killing Gein? people. Ed Gein. Ed, like Gein, Ed Gein was... I wasn't was, a valedictorian of the college no. uh, university. Albert Fish, not so much. Most of the serial killers, when you look at them... Not, not, not the mass killers, but the serial killers, they're, they're just twisted up all wrong, you know? But, let, but let, let's go to the cult leaders, because Manson was a cult leader. Right. But, like, by all intents and purposes, not a serial killer or a mass murderer. He was a cult leader. So is Jim Jones. So is the guys who flew away from, from San Diego with the Nikes. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Heaven's le- Gate. Cult leaders are kind of smart, because <laughs> not only are they get their crazy ideas but they can get a bunch of people to agree with them well, you gotta I, have a I lot understand, of charismatic semi-intelligent and relatable relatable is that another quality i think people people feel that they have individual relationships with this person that's speaking to a mass audience they can speak to a mass audience and everybody feels that do they know that to. does someone like jim jones know that i think he probably was aware at an early age that he was able to get people to do things that they wouldn't normally do. There, there was a time where I was just a little obsessed with the dark side and that sort of thing. Like I read a lot of books about like, pretty much the hunting humans whole idea. And, but the, the cult leaders are in there with the tyrants and the despots and the, yeah, they're, 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 they're sim- more they're intelligent similar. than a kid who smuggles a rifle from Nevada to the but, garlic but festival. I don't know if it's going to be any more different than the primary person who's, and people hate this, but the politician types. I think there's there's a lot of... But don't you think a better education system would help? Don't you think graduating from high school meaning something that you could comprehend and think? Don't you think that would help? Yeah, but that's 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 trying to teach kids to be analytical and to not just accept things at face value and to do their own research and own interpretation. And when people are being educated by memes and in one sentence arguments and it insults. So even if our education system was better, our society is so remedial they would. The, so you're seeing a bad education system feeds people out in. See, I think the society fits who's coming out of the schools and meets them where they are to manipulate them to sell things to them. Yeah, but but right now, I mean, I feel like uh, if there was a a great intellectual argument to buy to buy a pair of sneakers, I think they would make that argument on the internet and in marketing. But since it's like, hey, Kanye wears these shoes. Cool, I like Kanye. I want those shoes. Joe Namath started wearing white tennis shoes. He taped up his shoes and then uh, finally, covered up the black. No, well, but football, football oh, cleats. Football it had cleats. the black, two black stripes on the ah. sides, and he put white tape over them because he was Joe Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe. Is, he's he's badass. How is he doing right now? He's I don't great. know. He's sober again. I heard. That's what I heard too, and that <laughs> Doc, made me happy. Doc, I love Doc that Gooden, guy. not so much. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if you're following your Twitter feed, but no, some people are having have a hard one. time. I don't, you know, I don't have a Twitter. I've never had a Twitter account or followed Twitter. It's too much. So you're going to keep calling it the Facebook and a Twitter? I, don't I say it, it, it is, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Everybody's all a Twitter. Yeah, and it's that's all a, that's on the a interwebs. Yep. 
On the outdoor interweb, you can get just about anything. Is there an indoor interweb? Yeah, it's oh. different. You have to. Different. Have you ever been on the black web, the dark web, dark, or whatever no. it's called? No, but you ever been down there? How do you get down there? You don't. You don't want to go there. I was told by someone you don't want to go there. What's in there? A special browser. Can you, you do, can you get heroin on that? Yeah. Oh, you, guess you, what? You guess what? You were saying kids told me. Kids are great if you got some sort of relationship with them. You can get a lot of information about drugs from your clients. Right. Right. And kids love telling me shit. And Craigslist changed the algorithm. You can't you can't advertise tar on Craigslist anymore. Aww. What are they I, I checked do? it. I what checked are they it. Gonna do? What if you want a roof done? <laughs> what are all those? Yeah, you're shit out of luck. Go to Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to be able even to type in the word tar. <laughs> it changed the roofing industry. <laughs> Destroyed it. Single way to go, Craigslist. <laughs> so there no you can't get tar roofing no. tar on Craigslist anymore. Oh, a, a friend of mine who got caught up in some illegal stuff which you have to go through a browser through a browser through a thing and all this stuff to be able to get and into what's where on there like the porn or, you, or that's where you guns hire, where you you hire guns? hitmen it's where you can buy children Children. It's where you can buy. It's it's. He told me that it was absolutely that if that if half of what he saw was real because what he had heard is that part of what exists on the dark dark web now is entrapment stuff. Right, like sure. you go but in still to go half of it's real, but some of it is. But it's like the idea of if you answer that ad, you're going to jail, man. But he he Guaranteed. said he said it was it was hairy and it freaked him out. And he's an extremely hard person that I didn't know knew how to use a computer. <laughs> Oh, he's, <laughs> he's just a guy. He's a yeah, but he's a, he's a he's a convict, and he's one of those guys where it was like no. But I've always found it fascinating because I heard about this Silk Road. Some some client ten years ago was telling mm-hmm. me about it, and I just never believed it. Like you can just go to MacArthur Park and buy dope, or you can go on the internet and buy fentanyl from Canada. Like what? Why? Why do you got to go on this dark web and deal with all these dark nerds? That's what I always think. They're dark nerds well, down in the dark web. Yeah, you have to. You have to go through certain uh, routers so, so that you, you get, can't be so traced so, back. So they call it the Silk Road, like the Chinese. There was a website called the Silk Road in the dark. It's been shut down, right? Uh, Where you could buy heroin, cocaine, whatever. I don't know how it gets delivered to you though. How does that work? All sorts of different ways, but you pay with like the the cryptocurrencies and stuff so that it's untraceable. So what's it's prostitution? So it's all the traditional all the prostitution, s- guns, uh, drugs. What else? Killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murder for hire, all that. All, all I that. saw a murder for hire thing in Temecula. The guy was the guy was willing to kill the woman's husband for ten grand. I'm like, ten grand? Wouldn't you think it's more expensive than that? No, ten thousand dollars to kill somebody. I know some guys that do it for five. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, today only forty five hundred. Forty five hundred, if you'd like me to take some, but that I just, I just, uh, I make two hundred. Times are hard. I know, I know. I'm going to brag, but I just want to be honest. I make two hundred fifty dollars a session. Just become a good drug counselor, and in, in, in like uh, you know, fifty sessions, you get you don't have to kill somebody. Like why? Why is it that people don't have imaginations about what they that, could be? Isn't that valuable nowadays? It's not. Well, it's valuable. People don't value human life. Well, here's an interesting statistic. I'm filled with them because I went to all these uh, kind of really interesting uh, dinners up in Montana with a lot of different types of people. One of the strange things is one third of every healthcare dollar is spent on old people, right? 
Okay. Okay. That's okay. They, they need it, I would think. No. Elective surgeries on old people. Oh. Shoulder replacements, knee replacements, right? Have you ever needed a knee European, replacement? European universal healthcare don't allow that over 65. If you've got a bum shoulder, you're just going to live with it. You're too old for us to spend $200,000 on. That kind of brutal honesty, America is nowhere near ready for. And that's why you have these ads. They won't replace your, your shoulder, your knee. Well, they won't replace weird. it. I don't, really dis- I don't really agree with that. You know, I think old it's, people should be able to get stuff. And, yeah, you know, well, have, like, I live out their lives. You, you know, not just like, oh, here you got a bum leg. You're old. Too bad. It's a quarter million dollars. So you know what? So it's Figure too much it to do. It. So Somebody then, do don't it. complain, Mike, when your premiums are sixteen hundred dollars for you and your three children. It's That's the truth of it. People don't understand the economics of insurance. That's if you're going to pay two hundred thousand dollars for an eighty-year-old person to have shoulder replacement surgery, somebody's going to have to pay for that. It's not the insurance industry is not going to go and print money and say, okay, here you go. Everybody gets a free shoulder. No, everybody who's healthy needs to pay so that they can pay for that. And there's 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 restrictions in in all the Scandinavian countries and France and England. And your kidney goes no, out. Here's, no, not, 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 that's not an elective surgery, Mike. You get life-saving surgeries, life-saving hmm. medical care, but you don't get elective care, right? Okay. You don't. You don't get hip replacement. You don't get Botox for headaches. You don't get all this kind of elective stuff. That Botox America- for headaches? Yeah, you get Botox for headaches. You didn't know that? No, I did not. Oh, you should try that, Mike. Have you tried it? No, but I know people that have. They say it works. Do you I know that? It. No, have you heard that? It. I don't. They shoot I don't. It right into your I don't yeah, right into your right into your forehead. I don't, I don't get. Head. I don't get headaches. <laughs> you don't, but you know people that do. So rarely yeah, do yeah, I get a headache. Let me come in there and hit you in the head with a hammer, Chuck. It's all dehydration, really. That's what most headaches. Are. I mean, I know I've known people that say that they're crippling, and they're they're like twenty five years old, and they got to be in a dark room. Yeah, migraines. And it's just like you know what, man. I, I can't, you know what I can't works imagine. for I that? I would be loaded. You know what works for that? CBD oil, but nobody wants to talk about the the cannabinoid. I world. do want to yeah, talk about smoking CBD. a bunch of weed. I've never been more curious as I am. The more I look into it, like I know it, it can't be the full spectrum because that still has the THC in it. But the the partial spectrum or well, the whatever here's, spectrum. Here's it. Hey, do you think recovery? get to the point where it's like okay just to smoke a bunch of weed i'm trying to get it there i would rather okay look i would rather people smoke listen we uh, here's the thing i now have 25 year history i know three heroin addicts that were as bad as me they've been smoking pot for 25 years they've never gone back to heroin i have them in my most intimate circle of friends there's nothing wrong with pot it's a pathway for some people aa is a pathway marijuana maintenance pathway this criticism of one to the other you don't hear pot people well you do hear pot people complaining about aa people all right but but why 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 do we what do i don't really care what other people do that's the other thing that's lost in our society as long as you don't harm my children or do fucked up shit I don't give a fuck what you think or say or do. That's on you. If you want to smoke pot, smoke pot. If you want to be on Suboxone, be on Suboxone. If you, you want to wa- wear your MAGA hat, go ahead. Yeah, wear your MAGA hat. If you want what we have, then do what we do. If you don't want what I have... Well, no, the th- sentences go to any lengths. I guarantee you, millennials aren't willing to go to any lengths for anything. <laughs> <laughs> they did to stay high, though. A lot of them did. No, they don't. They whine to their moms for money. I've seen it time and time again. I know. There's not a lot of They just sit instinct. dope sit.
sick until their moms give them money. Look how sick I am because of you. Yeah, because of you. You're a B word. I, <laughs> I want to call you the other word, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. Ah, with that, that is the, in a nutshell. Yeah, they are not willing to go to any lengths to get high, so they're not willing to go to any lengths to be sober. It's just that simple. That is right. <laughs> don't die, everybody. Yeah, don't die. Get on some box on or smoke weed or, you know, figure get, get on the internet, get some Doritos, and start criticizing everybody. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. And you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.